All right, Sam. Please describe your relationship to the wild. To the wild. Wilderness, nature. Well, wilderness is um, nature. It's all just like a social concept because that's just the way it is. That's just the natural world. We're, we're like ants in a colony. Okay. But, but my relationship is that I've always been in the woods, like since I can remember, since we, since our mom married Ben, uh-huh. we've been camping. Uh-huh. I've been hunting since I was 10 years old. Uh-huh. And even when I wasn't hunting, I'd be watching like Survivor Man or Man versus Wild, and I was always obsessed with the woods as a young man. Okay, so what do you think, like, the woods or nature means to you? It's, um, it's a good question. It's, it's like an escape. It's, it's where you can go to, like, do a factory reset on yourself to, to ground yourself to what actually matters. Okay. De-stress. Gotcha. Okay. So, what do you think we can learn from nature from being in nature well uh nature is a, a, a nice very fluid system and i think one of my favorite things that i ever learned about the woods i was listening to a steve Renella podcast and he goes there's not any right angles in the woods the nut there's no right angles naturally there's no 90 degrees there's no rigid lines okay and i feel like that in it like it's the symbolic way of just looking at that is just like the rigidity the rigid whatever the rigidness it's, i mispronounce words all the time because the like, rigidness of our like society these okay. hard lines the okay. way that things go it, it it can stress you like there's not uh you can just without the 90 degree angles there you can you can relax and just let things flow Okay, that's really beautiful. So, like, nature can teach us how to um, exist without the, like, social confines. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, um, just just chilling. Like, <laughs> you're just out there vibing. Just being yourself. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, on that, what does a person have to be or have to do in order to be truly happy? To be truly happy, that's um. I know it's a big one. That that's what McCandless was chasing was happiness. Well, like my thoughts on McCandless is that like he was an incredibly insecure young man. But I think that kind of like falls into line with what you were saying about like wanting to get out of those right angles. I think that he was a person that was really trapped by those right angles, and he sought an escape, and he just made a couple of mistakes, and then he died. Yeah, for sure. But um, be happy. I mean, that's something that everyone's searching for for forever. That's true. You gotta find something you like, and. But so it's like a lot of people think that you can, like, generate happiness. That if you have enough money or enough of the things that you like, you'll be happy. But I don't think that that's necessarily the case. So the question is, is like. What, like, internal kind of work do you have to do in order to, like, accept happiness when it comes? I think understanding what happiness is is a big part of that. Uh, this is something I heard a while ago, and this is advice I give to a lot of people, is that happiness is not a stop on a train that you get off and you live in forever. 
it's something you pass by for maybe 20 minutes on like a train ride of life and that you're not going to find happiness and just be perfectly content for the rest of your life if you find this one thing it's always going to be a struggle to finding your happiness and a big thing that i've personally worked on with that is accepting myself for my flaws and what i'm doing and it, like yeah forgiving yourself for some of your past mistakes and this being uh, okay with who you are and where you are at the time and I think I've, I've, I've tried to talk to some of my friends about this and a lot of the times they get caught up on being okay with you are thinking meaning not wanting to get better not wanting to uh, mm. not wanting to grow they think that uh, being okay with you are is settling and just not trying to get better but being okay with where you are doesn't mean that you don't want to work towards something better you're just trying to you're okay with your progress and that you're going to be. Do you... Let me see how I'm going to try to phrase this question. Do you think that existing in nature and contemplating nature can lead you to understand some of those things? So... Like the fleeting nature of happiness and like the work that goes into it. Yeah. um, So, you know, I I was a... Like I said earlier, I'm a nature guy. I read lots of books. And um, there's this guy, Aldo Leopold. And he was one of the first people to, like, start getting National Parks gun uh, started. And he was a big pioneer for um, getting, preserving our lands. And he spent, like, majority of his life in nature. And he, like, that's what he was searching for, is trying to find the happiness in the woods. And I think what, like, at the end of his life he ended up saying about nature is like there's a reason that we left like the romanticization of this woods and things are just that romanticization we have houses and lights for a reason right and that um what was the question if you can learn how to be happy or the lessons like towards happiness from the woods yeah you definitely can and i think it takes some people some longer times but I think at the end of the day, the woods aren't the answer. They're just a way to get there. Heard. Okay. And there are many ways that you can get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got you. Okay. Um, this is the last question I have written down for you. Can you imagine doing something like what Chris McCandless did? Absolutely. Okay. 110%. Why? I mean, not, okay. not currently, but I think every young man has that want to go into the woods i know all of my friends did yeah like uh right now our our stepdad wants to buy a huge plot of land so he can go into the woods right like it's just something that doesn't get out of you yeah and i think a big turning point for me and, like, a lot of my friends is I have this friend, Alex, and we were talking about that because we are always like, ah, oh, we just got to get some, some acres up in the woods. We'll just go out there. We'll just live out there off the land. And he goes, yeah, but that's just, like, the easy way out. Elderly people live in Taos in the woods. Like, yeah. Like, it's not a hard thing to do, actually. It's just a really easy escape. And I think that that's exactly what, like, in the book that it was trying to get out is that... Uh, like, yeah, chasing, putting your dreams on the mountaintops ain't the good way to go about it because you'll end up dead in a bus. Right. It's that you should work on your problems there and just have 
the woods as a refuge. I think I read the last of the book today, and um, there was like some evidence that. Chris had learned his lesson and he was like ready to yeah. rejoin society. Like, um, he wrote in one of his books, like happiness I is only real Tolstoy. when shared. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was like Dr. Javago or something. Um, so I guess like, it's just, and then like Krakauer is all like, this could have been me. This could have been you. It could have been any young man. So it's like, the difference between, like, Chris McCandless and you, or John Krakauer, is, like, a handful of stupid mistakes. A- absolutely. I have done some stupid things in the woods with my friends. That's definitely true. Um, but I have another question for you, and I, I don't even know exactly how to phrase this. So, the book and, like, what you've said have all been, like, nature adventure, dangerous activities, hold an allure for young men. Why do you think it is that young women aren't affected in the same way? Or are they? I was actually thinking about this because I think, you know, my favorite book is The Wild. It's just wild. It's wild. It's so good. And then, yeah, Cheryl Strayed. And she does exactly the same thing as... McCandless. McCandless, yeah. Except she's fine and she survives and she has a beautiful journey and she learns her lessons. Yeah. And I think the big difference is, is like just the identity of masculinity being that you're self-sufficient and women are like always taught to work with each other. Like even from a young age, you're like all like all the women like Thanksgiving, they go and do the dishes together. They work together. You cook together. You cook together. You do this together. And as a man, like when I was a kid and it was my time to do chores, I'd go out by myself. Yeah, I think that's, like, you've hit on something, like, really critical there. That it's not, like, women don't necessarily need to prove themselves. We don't need to prove ourselves because we've been taught from a very early age to have, like, this um, communal responsibility. Like, we don't feel solely responsible for our families. Like, we feel like we can share and take care together. Yeah, and then I think, like, just from what I've read about him is, like, a... Like, a lot of people try to give him a lot of help. They're like, they did, yeah. And that he would take some of it, and then he would reject it. Because um, I see this even in a very small... Like, like just the the nature of that in like in our mom's class. She has six-year-olds. There's right. a little boy who left his... Uh, like, who um, threw his lunchbox. Uh-huh. And mom said that he had to go back to the class... And then come back to lunch. Uh-huh. And what he did is he went back to the classroom and he didn't come back because he wanted to show about how upset he was that he was punishing himself more. Wow. And, like, that's something that I've seen time and time again with all of the men in my life is just them punishing themselves more to try to show, like, that's the only way they can show that they're sorry instead of saying things. Wow. Is to just show that just by punishing themselves more than needed. Yeah, and McCandless, like, had this, like, big hang-up with his dad that his dad had a, like, second family. Yeah. Right? And his dad was, like, ultimately a bigamist. And that's kind of why he, like, ultimately took off. So maybe that has some bearing on, like, why he did what he did or why he was unwilling to accept help because he was like, I have to be able to do this by myself because my parents won't help me and they're not who I thought they were. Exactly. 
and it's just um yeah like yeah people be like hey man here here like you work here and he's like ah this this like i think one of the things he said was like working at your farm to the the, the guy he worked with has like the money i got working there has made living the tramp life too easy yeah and like what is that like in my head that doesn't make sense anymore why would you want to make things harder for yourself if you this, don't have to yeah for the sake of like enlightenment yeah and like does that will it even like give you anything more than you would get anyway like you said there like m- there's more than one way to get to that understanding that you don't have to do it by yourself or that you can't even really truly be happy if you're like completely on your own mm-hmm. so he maybe should have accepted some help Absolutely. Or taking a dog with him or something. And one of the things that stuck out to me, like, uh, speaking further on that, is that he wasn't far from a highway. No, he wasn't. He was, like, I think something like a three-hour hike away from a ranger cabin. Three-hour hike. I think a mile up river from where he was, there was um, a, a steel cable going across the river with a bucket that he could have gone in. Right, but he couldn't. He didn't know about it because he refused to take a map. Because he refused to take a map, or he, he refused... He'll just look around him and see where he was because he wanted to be so far away from civilization. Right. And, like, just the obtuse, like, nature of his attitude towards everything was, like, ultimately his downfall. And, I, like I said, in the wild, like, that was the opposite. She was, she was scared to get help because she was a woman, and that's scary. Right. But she ultimately took help because she knew she needed it. Right. But trying to be self-sufficient in that kind of way is just ingrained into men at a young age. Right. Do you think, because talking about wilds, we've talked about a couple of times doing like long hikes like the John Muir Trail. We've talked about the Continental Divide. Do you think that's something that you'll like seriously consider doing or someday like very like actually do? Yeah, I, w- I really would like to do something like that. And you just even talking now, like I understand this. I wouldn't want to do it by myself. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't want me, to, wouldn't me and want, Tilly to go with you. I, w- I might bring my dog, but I'm not invited. No, I would just want to do it by myself. <sighs> okay. And like I under like it's just because of that weird pride in me because I want to be able to once I finish, I want to be like I did that by myself. I got you. I think if I were to do something like that, I would need you to come with me. Like, I would not feel safe or comfortable doing something like that on my own. Yeah. No, um, I just remember, I had a memory about something like this. Is, um, I was had, we were, I was a young man, and I was at a bonfire, and I have this friend, Kyle. And there was this big dirt wall. I think you should get specific about where you were at this bonfire, because I'm so sure that my kids use the same spots. They might. I don't need to be specific. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're at a big bonfire, presumably in the desert. In the Mesa, close to some high schools. Okay, got it. Um, and uh, he, uh, we were all trying to climb this dirt wall, and then like after like five minutes, all of us quick, so we're like we're uh, uh, done. Like this is stupid. We're just gonna go hang out. Mm-hmm. And, but Kyle kept going, and like he spent like literally two hours that night trying to get up this wall, and he finally did. And he got up there, and he goes, "None of y'all helped me." I did this by myself. <laughs> and, like, Oliver's like, yeah, that, that's cool, man. You did that. Everybody yeah. else is just hanging out. Yeah, we're like, but you were just wasting your time. You could just been hanging out and having a good time with us. And but I you guess were you... alone climbing the wall instead. Yeah, you were in the cold climbing a wall. 
Okay, I have like a philosophical question for you. So there was like a couple of parts in um, Into the Wild where they talk about like the desert. So there's this one kid that Krakauer brings up to compare to Chris McCandless. His name's Everett Russ mm -hmm. or Ruess. And he's like really into the desert. It's like yeah. 1920 something. He gets lost he in the desert. He carves his name in the rock, yeah. Exactly. Um, and then like McCandless comes through the desert too. But Krakauer says something like, the desert doesn't hold the same appeal as the Alaska range. Like that that is more appealing as like an adventurous space than the desert. Do you agree with that? And like why or why not? I mean, I don't agree with it. I yeah. love the desert entirely. Yeah, me too. Like that's like to even this morning me and my friend Javier drove out to the Mesa and just walked around. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love I love the like the hot sand. Yep. I think the reason for like that point of view is that the desert is not as hospitable as big pine trees. You're right. It's very scary. Like the things that live in the desert are shrubs that don't drink enough water. Yeah. And rattlesnakes. Yeah, you're right. Scorpions. You're right. Like I don't know if like you can't subsist like hunter and gathering in the desert for very long at all because there's just nothing. There's not a lot going there. Yeah, I still think that it's like a very appealing landscape. No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, but I think that you can like also learn a lot from it, just the same way you could if you were like in the Alaska I think wild. You can learn more just because of the emptiness. Yeah, is that you like when you're in the trees at night. Like, you're like, what's in the trees? What's there? And you're not thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. You're thinking about nature and what's happening out there. And if you're in the desert, the, yeah, the worst thing's a snake, but they're a dime a dozen, you know? I mean, Maybe, I don't much. know, coyotes too, though. Coyotes can be scary. I did once see a pack of eight coyotes kill a deer. That's terrifying. But, um, no, it's just like, coyotes leave you alone. I think the big, open, empty space, like... Scene. Did you hear that they somebody killed that jaguar in the Gila? I did not. Yeah. There's um, a few out there. I thought there was just the one. Somebody, a hunter killed it, and I was devastated. No, there's a there's a there's a breeding population. Okay, that's cool. They're getting fat off the elk. Good. I mean, how how are there even jaguars down there? So there's like there was originally jaguars here a long time ago during the American Serengeti, you know, but. Uh, so they actually came up from Mexico, from Arizona, uh huh, and uh, just shot across. Wow, okay. I mean, that's irrelevant, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, the desert holds as much intrigue for me, and I think it has just as much impact on us as New Mexicans as the Alaska Wild has on Alaskans. Like, the desert shapes the way that we live our lives. Well, like, absolutely. Yeah, like, like think about, like... People don't always take water with them everywhere they go. We do. Like, that's just part of the necessity of living here. And that's just, like, one small physical example of the ways that, like, the desert has shaped the way that we live. Absolutely. Like, you have to live on the desert here. Yeah, you have to be... I think that's, like, I mean, maybe, like... Here. You have to, like, be, like, duly prepared. Like, you can't expect anything to come to you. And maybe that's why, like... A lot of, I know that when I was in high school and I read this book, people were furious 
at Chris McCandless. And I think that that might be like some of the key of it is that we like know how dangerous it is to just go out alone because if you do that here, you'll just die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's really interesting though because like um, even talking like with Benji Man, if you talk to him as a kid and I've read this in books, is that people that grow up on the East Coast, uh huh, like they see you like um, George O'Keefe paintings and things of New Mexico, uh huh, and like especially within the hunted community because New Mexico has such a diverse and like fat wildlife population, right? That they all want to come here, yeah, and that like they they're not like disappointed because like it's such a beautiful landscape, but they're just unprepared, yeah, like um, uh, like I was talking about, there's this guy Steve Rinell, a great guy very smart guy, and uh, that, like, he grew up in Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. there, the kind of hunting they do is stand hunting, so they just sit in a tree, and you just wait for a deer to come by. You literally cannot do that type of hunting in New Mexico. No, you can't. You cannot. It's too vast. There's not enough of a population. There's not trees really big enough. Right. And so, like, like his first, like, hunting in the desert, he was not successful for years because he didn't understand that, like, in order to be successful here... You have to work hard. You have to spend, like, hours a day hiking to find some secluded place. Yeah. And that just, like, yeah, just people have become unprepared. And I think he's I, he's from Virginia, right? I have Chris McCandless? Oh, McCandless, yeah, from Virginia. So yeah. we've been to the south. Lots of trees, lots yep. of thickness. Dense. It can get cold there. It can have some snow. Sometimes. In the south? Virginia does. I don't... Does it? Yes. Oh, yes. Washington, uh, D.C. Right. Yeah. But, like, so I think in his mind that he was... He's like, I've, I've been in the woods. It's been cold. Right. But he didn't know. He didn't know. And that's just the unpreparedness. It, and it just comes from, like, a, a very... Like, no matter what he tried to do, he still came from that privilege point. Right. Of being a very intelligent, upper-class white man. Yeah, he was, yeah, you're right. No matter what he did, he was always what he is. Yeah. Okay, so finally, if you could give some advice to my kids in regards to the nature or high school or whatever, what would you tell them? Excuse me one second. got to prepare my thoughts. Okay, take your time. I think I didn't have the, like, I had a decent time in high school. I wasn't the best student at times. Um... And that, it really... On that, though, Sam, like, before you start, like, lambasting yourself, like... No, I was, I was gonna... Your performance in high school is ultimately what made me determined to be a high school teacher. Because I know you, and I know that you are fiercely intelligent, and then you'd, like, bring home, like, C's or F's, and I would be like, what is happening? The answer is, like, school sucks, so I was trying to make it suck a little bit less. Yeah, absolutely. Is That that did, it had an impact on my self-esteem. Yeah. And, like, you hear, the, like, if you if you judge a fish on how to climb a tree, all this, that, that didn't resonate with me. Right. That sounded stupid. Right. And, like, the fact of the matter is, I, it took me a while to be able to, like, mature enough to understand why I need to have an education. Right. And, like, it's it's important to, like, take in as much as you can, but don't reflect who you are as a person based on your grades or your social standing because that changes 
very quickly once you get out of high school. That's true. Okay. And that uh, don't once you get out, don't resonate too hard on your high school time. Yeah. Grow from it, but don't. Uh, I have some friends that still talk about high school. Like, don't let it define you. Don't let it define you. Okay. Thank you, Sammy. Of course.